0: Welcome, you are listening to the Better Together Podcast with Callie and Rosario Picardo. We take on topics involving marriage, ministry, parenting, communication, relationships, and other subjects that our listeners want to hear more about. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these rights are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Perhaps familiar words, these famous words were written and approved by the U.S. Congress on July 4th. 1776, nearly 250 years ago, which many of you might be celebrating this week with July 4th, and we live in what is called the land of the free, but we also know that when those words were written, not everyone in this land was free, and many still aren't. So we celebrate this week knowing that we are living in much more freedom than many in this world. We have this blessing, but we are also working toward that in greater ways. But perhaps you grew up blessed by this freedom that we have to be able to dream here in the United States. Many of us have been dreaming of what we wanted to be when we grew up. Or perhaps you've raised kids and said, honey, you can be whatever you want to be when you grow up. And if you were like me and my friends, we came up with some crazy ideas, some of which were more realistic than others. Some of us wanted to be president of the United States, which is possible, but not a lot of people actually get to do that. There are a lot more kids that list that on what they want to be when they grow up than actually get to live into that. Others wanted to be astronauts or firefighters or ballerinas or be in the Olympics, and I wanted to be a middle school math teacher. (laughs) high aspirations, right? But it was really unrealistic for me, y'all, because I realized I don't really like classroom management. Any teachers out there are like, yeah, that's not a realistic dream for you, Callie. And so fortunately, I realized that younger, and we have the opportunity to continue to try to figure out, God, what are you calling me to do in my life? And so I went into the world of charitable giving. I mean, what better way to change the world than to make it a more generous place, right? Well, we are this week, as many of you might be, celebrating not just the freedom we have here in the United States, but the even greater freedom we as Christians have in Jesus Christ. It is a freedom that goes beyond circumstances. It's a freedom that you can experience even in the darkest prisons, even in the most unimaginable circumstances, we can have this freedom in Christ that goes beyond circumstances. And at the same time, you can grow up living in the United States and not experience that true freedom spiritually and emotionally because of sin and death. Satan likes to take God's truths and just twist them just enough so that it gets us off track but it's enough that it pulls us away from God's truth. And so today, the little myth that we're going to untwist is that I'm free so I can do whatever I want. You might say, well, yeah, I'm free, but um, freedom in Christ looks a lot different than the world's freedom. So here's our invitation today. You're invited to experience real freedom in Jesus Christ. Do you want that? Well, let's figure out what that is first. And let's start with looking at what it's not. So, the first thing that real freedom in Jesus Christ is not is that it is not the freedom to keep on sinning. It is not the freedom to keep on sinning. And this is something that the Apostle Paul, who started, he was a church planter that started many churches. right after Jesus was alive, and as he was writing to the church in Corinth, in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 12, we see that they had the same twisted myth. This is not a new thing that we invented recently, but they were saying, hey, I have the right to do anything. He's like, yes, but not everything is beneficial. And if we look at Romans chapter 6, we see another lie that Paul is trying to debunk, debunk with the church in Rome. In Romans chapter 6, verse 15, he says, What then? Shall we sin because we are not under the law but under grace? He's been helping him know, like, because you've accepted Jesus Christ, the law is fulfilled. You don't have to worry about that. You're not under the law, but you're under grace. So he goes on to follow that argument, should we keep on sinning? because we're not onto that. He says, by no means. This is one of Paul's favorite sayings that I get a kick out of. He just says, no, by no means. That's not true. You've gone down the wrong path of logic. He goes on to explain, don't you know that when you offer yourself to someone as obedient slaves, you are slaves to the one you obey? Whether you are slaves to sin, which leads to death, or to obedience, which leads to righteousness. Whatever you say yes to, that becomes the one you are serving, the one you are following. So guess what? Satan would love for you to say yes to sin and become obedient to sin because then Christ died for you, but Satan still got you tripped up and trapped up, and you don't get to experience real freedom in Jesus Christ. So it's not the freedom to keep on sinning. Here's another thing real freedom in Christ is not. It is not the freedom to do whatever we want. It is not the freedom to do whatever we want. Psalm 37:4 is a verse that a lot of Christians will quote because they you know it sounds good. Take del- delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. We're Christians, right? So if we love God and are following after God, he's going to give us whatever we want, right? That would be very unloving of God. Because good, loving parents know how and when to say no. If you've been a parent, perhaps you feel like you say no more than you say yes. At least that's how I feel some days. And it's not because I don't love my kids. It's not because I don't want them to have any fun. But it's because I love them that I say no to them sometimes. And God wants what's best for us. So it's not freedom to do whatever we want. It's not freedom to keep on sinning. So what is it? Well, since we're talking about freedom in Jesus Christ, maybe we should look at what Jesus said. I mean, that, that sounds like a good idea, right? We're in church after all. So if you have your Bibles or a smartphone handy, I invite you to join me in John chapter 14. That's one of the Gospels telling about the life of Jesus. And in John chapter 14, these are some of Jesus's parting words right before he went to the cross to die for our freedom. And he is celebrating the Passover feast with the disciples. And I love this because the Passover feast was something Jewish people celebrated every year to remember and mark how God delivered them from slavery in Egypt, how God set them free from their imprisonment of captivity, of living as slaves. And Jesus is going to start to show them that he is the true Passover lamb, the one that came so that they are going to be forever set free. So he celebrates the Passover Supper with them and then he starts to teach them and give them some things that they are just gonna need to hold on to because get ready, he's about to die, and they're not gonna have him anymore. And so here is what they he wanted them to know. In verse 15, he says, If you love me, if you really love me, keep my commands. If you love me, obey my commandments. So this is the first thing that we see. Real freedom in Jesus Christ means that we are freed for joyful obedience. And you're like, wait, Callie... Um, freedoms like over here and obedience is like over here. Those are like opposites, right? Because maybe you turn 16 and you got your license and you're like, I'm free. I can go wherever I want. Or maybe then you turn 18 and you're like, I'm an adult. Look at me. I can do whatever I want. I don't have to follow my parents' rules anymore. And the parents are saying, oh, Lord Jesus, help me. (laughs) But we already talked about real freedom in Christ is not the freedom just to do whatever we want. And obedience is not like God wants to punish us and push us down and try to hold us captive. And the reality is, we're going to be obedient to something. Remember what Paul said in chapter 6, verse 16 of Romans? He said, You are slaves to the one you obey whether you're slaves to sin, which leads to death, or to obedience, which leads to righteousness. So we have this choice what Do we want to obey. Do we want to obey our emotions and whatever feels right? And maybe you've known some people like that, and when they're up, they're up, and they're going on a great direction. When they're down, they're down, and they're like driving themselves into the ground. Or maybe they're Christians, and they're like, I feel like God's calling me to do this. So all of a sudden, they're like going over here, and then like two minutes later, they're like actually God's calling me to do this. And they're over here, and you're like, Wait, and now all of a sudden they're going this way because God's told them something new and they haven't slowed down enough to say, God, what are you really calling me to do? Yeah. They haven't te- tested it against God's word. Maybe they need to check in with some folks that they just love, that they know love the Lord and love them and who are, can help them discern God's will for their life. So if you're uh, obedient to your moods, you're going to be all over the place. If you're obedient to sin, you're going to be a slave to Satan. And if you're obedient to Christ, you're going to be freed for joyful obedience, to be able to walk in righteousness, to be able to experience this real freedom in Christ. Raza and I have three young girls. They're ages 6, 4, and 3. And we're trying to teach them. Pray for us. We are trying to teach them things to help them in life. We're trying to teach them about Jesus, first of all. But then we're trying to teach them other things like When we're in a parking lot or near a road, we hold hands. So here you see a picture of them doing this appropriately. There was like a nice stranger behind us who like snapped this picture and was like, can I text this to you? You all were just so cute. I don't have any pictures of when they're not doing this because I am holding a child that's like falling out of my arms because she's trying to get away from me or holding another by the wrist because she's trying to dart in front of a car and they're like, mommy, the cars will see me. I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, Okay, I love you, so I need you to hold my hand. But there are three of them, so sometimes they can't all hold my hand. But as they're getting older, they're starting to learn to walk with me. So guess what? I'm starting to be able to trust them to walk with me and just stay right by my side while I've got two others in my hand. And what's cool is the more they learn to walk with me, the more exciting things we can do. We can go to the park. We can go to a festival without me wondering if they're going to stay near us if I'm going to lose them in a crowd. We here we were in Kentucky, and I'm from Kentucky, and they got to meet horses. How cool is that? And our heavenly Father loves us and wants us to learn to walk with Him. And so as we are saying yes to God more and more, guess what? We're going to get to do more and more with God. Not always easy things. Sometimes God's going to say, I've got something in store for you. I want you to say yes to this. And you're like, God, I don't think I can do that. Are you sure? Are you sure? Can we go back to like the baby steps? Can we go back to like learning just how to hold your hand? But God's like, you've learned. You're growing. You've learned how to walk with me. You keep saying yes to to me. I'm seeing it. And God's going to open up more and more opportunities for you to keep saying yes to God, for God to use you for his glory. But it starts with saying yes to God. It starts with that joyful obedience, with loving God, and so following what God commands. That's the first step to real freedom. And here's the other thing that we see about real freedom in Christ the second thing we see is that real freedom in Christ is we are set free by the Holy Spirit. We see this as we keep going in John chapter 14, going on to verse 16. It says, Jesus says, I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. Remember, he's getting ready to be disappeared, gone. They're not going to see him anymore, but he's not leaving them alone. He's going to ask the Father to send another advocate, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Truth, The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. The Holy Spirit is God with us, inside us. And then he goes on to say, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. As Christians, we believe in something called the Trinity. Trinity means three, so we have one God in three persons with if your brain just went like and you 're like "That makes no sense. It stretches us because if we 're as humans, we are one substance and one person, so what I am, what and everything that makes up me aligns with who I am, Callie. There's like one me that aligns with who I am, Callie. What I am is who I am. But with God, he's one substance, what God is in all of God's godness in three persons, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And here we see all three. We see Jesus the Son praying to God the Father to send God the Holy Spirit. Same God, but that's how Jesus who came here on earth continues to live with us through the power of the Holy Spirit, and this is the cool thing as we read on in chapter fourteen. we see some of the things that the Holy Spirit's going to do in verse twenty six It says that the Holy Spirit will remind us and teach us everything so if you're like i don 't know if I can keep up with all of god 's commandments like they're, they're, this is this is a big book like i haven 't read it all like how do I learn all of this it's so, okay, that's where we have the Holy Spirit and we say, God, help us. You might be in a situation at work where you're like, I feel like I'm between a rock and a hard place and I don't know how to follow God and live out my faith here in the workplace and God will help you. God loves to answer that prayer if you say, God, I want to honor you. I want to follow you. How? How? How how does that look like in this situation? How does it look like in my family? How does it look like with my neighbors? How does it look like when I've got someone attacking me and attacking my character and who I am? God, how do I live out my faith? That's why we have the Holy Spirit. He has promised not to leave us as orphans. God is with us. We are children of God by the power of the Holy Spirit. And God has promised never to leave us alone. He's walking with us so we can ask for God's help. And if we're trying to figure out which way to go, the other cool thing is in verse 27, Jesus promises a peace that looks different than the world's peace. Peace is one of the fruits of the Holy Spirit. So if you're like, I don't know what God's calling me to do, look for peace, because sometimes peace is a clue that that's the way God's leading you. Have you ever been in a situation where it's just like deep down gut wise, you're like, this isn't right. That's the Holy Spirit conviction. Not a shaming. The Holy Spirit is not shaming, but the Holy Spirit will convict and help you know, nope, that's not right. Even if the whole world says, yes, that's the way. If that Holy Spirit is saying, "Uh uh-uh, that's not me. And sometimes we say yes to God when the world's like, you're crazy. You're doing what? What? but we have that peace of the Holy Spirit helping guide us. So there are a lot of ways we can know God's will for our lives. It'll never disagree with scripture. Often we'll know it through the Holy Spirit. Often we'll be able to test it with some people that we trust, who are trusted counselors. Sometimes it's circumstances. Sometimes you think you're going in the right way, and the doors keep shutting, and you're like, hmm, okay, God, what's going on here? And God's like, okay, let me show you. But I love this too. So Jesus didn't just say, do as I say. He also said, do as I do. And we see this in verse 31, where Jesus is preparing to go to the cross. And he tells them why. He says, I'm doing it so that the world may learn that I love the Father and do exactly what my Father has commanded me. Remember, Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. But he's also said, I love the Father, so I'm doing what the Father commands me. So we're invited as Christians, which just means little Christ, to do as Christ did, to follow God, to listen to God, to let God love us, to show us. And I'm so glad Jesus did it, because y'all, Jesus was God. He was fully God and fully human at the same time. He rose a man named Lazarus from the dead, who was like dead three days and stinking in the grave, and Jesus brought him back to life. Do you think he couldn't have taken himself down off that cross? Those nails did not hold Jesus on the cross. His love for you and for me held him to that cross. His love for the Father and doing the Father's will over what felt right kept him on that cross. We have a Savior who said, do not just as I say, but do as I do. And that's because the third thing that we see is that real freedom is that we are set free to be in a relationship with God who loves us. God loves you. He is crazy about you. He went to that cross to die for you. Because remember that sin? Sin is just anything that separates us from God's love. It's any thought, word, or action that we do or that we don't do. Those sins of commission, the sins we commit, those things that we do that are wrong, but also the sins of omission, the things we omit, where we fail to love God with our whole heart, where we fail to love our neighbors as ourselves. Those things separate us from God, this huge chasm that not even the best person in the world could cross. That's why Jesus came, and he died on the cross bridging that chasm from us to God so that we could be in a relationship with God. We can have that real freedom. Because God loves us. God isn't asking us to obey him so that he can like squash us into the ground. God's asking us to obey him because he loves us. Because he wants to have a relationship with us. Because he wants you to experience this true freedom that comes with walking in his grace. With walking with the power of the Holy Spirit. With knowing who you are as a child of God. Confident to step out into this world and say, I know God loves me. And the God who took care of the lilies that we sang about earlier, how much more does he love you? How much more does he love you? If he can feed the birds of the air, how much more does he love you? And when we know that identity in Christ, when we know how much God loves us, we can walk in true freedom. And it doesn't just stop there, because we are called to set the oppressed free. We are called to share this freedom with others, Because y'all, people in the United States can walk around thinking they're free and be totally enslaved on the inside to sin and death. They're missing out on the true, true freedom. So what is God calling you to do? Where is he calling you to surrender to say, God, not my will, but yours? I was minding my own business, trying to follow the Lord about nine years ago in Lexington, Kentucky. And when you're minding your own business, sometimes God says, "Um, knock, knock, got something for you. And so I I was having fun. I was in Lexington, Kentucky. was my hometown. I'd moved away for a number of years, and I moved back home. And for those of y'all that are not from Kentucky, I mean, that's God's chosen country. (laughs) I'm an ambassador from the state of Kentucky up here in Ohio. Uh, But God was using us there too. I'd met my husband Rosario and he was a pastor. And so we had just moved to this new house that we felt like God led us to in downtown Kentucky in between the two campuses of our urban church that we'd started. And I was working for a Christian community foundation. So I got to use my love for math and numbers and combine it with my faith in God to encourage generosity. I mean, I was doing God's work, right? And I was like four miles from my parents. So I was Back near family, which was exciting, and I loved it. And then Roz got a job offer in Dayton, Ohio. So, y'all, I I was following the Lord, so I knew we need to pray about this. So, I would gotten job offers before I knew the drill. God, Roz has this job offer, please say no. Out my case. I said, okay, God, you know, we're serving you. We're, I'm, I'm working for a Christian nonprofit. We've got the church. We, you just had us move like months ago. We're near my family. Clearly, God, you want us here. And God, I, I just, you know, I love my life here. And then I heard that loving, convicting voice of the Holy Spirit, that the more we walk with God, the more we start to be able to discern God's voice speaking in our heart. Wasn't an audible voice, just that, that clear voice, though, of the, of the Lord saying, Callie, if you love your life, you'll lose it. And if you lose it for my sake, you'll gain it. Oh, where's a map? Where's Dayton, Ohio? <laughs> so we moved up here, and y'all, we were moving for Roz's job, but it was so cool because God had plans for me, too. And eventually I started working for a place called United Theological Seminary that's preparing Christian pastors and leaders, and I get to be their vice president for development and encourage generosity to God's kingdom here, too. And we had three kids, so now we're getting to raise three kids that I didn't even know I wanted, but I love them, and they're amazing. (laughs) Again, God sometimes knows what we need, despite what we might think is best. And then Mosaic came along, and y'all are amazing. I don't know how amazing you are. You are such a blessing in my own life and faith and in the life of our family. As Pastor Raj shared, like our girls look forward every week to come to church on Sunday. And it's because they get to be a part of this amazing dynamic mosaic of Jesus followers that is y'all. And so I love my life. As much as I love my life in Lexington, I love it even more in Dayton to the point where we've had opportunities to move back to Lexington and we've said, okay, God, if you if, if you want us to, I've learned like, okay, still the time to offer up to God. But thankfully, God just continues to say, nope, you are right where I want you to be. Keep serving me here. Keep saying yes to me here. So what is God calling you to do? And it might be up and moving somewhere else. It might be staying right where you are, but it might be changing something you're doing. Is there something in your life that you feel like God's been saying, that is not my best for you. I have something better. Mm -hmm. Or is there something you feel like God's inviting you into that you've been like, I don't know if I could do that. That sounds really scary. That sounds like a job for someone else. Like, can someone like bigger than me do that? And God's like, nope, I've got that for you. We are coming at the end of our time together. The Better Together podcast with Callie and Ross Picardo hopes to help with pertaining issues to remind you that we are all in this together as we grow to love one another. Join us next time. Thank you for listening.